Shit. Uh, hey. What? We're starting. We're recording. We are recording? We're recording. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Stu McAllister, your host. It's the Elemental Podcast Special Edition. I'm uh, doing a little interview with uh, Mr. Thomas Edward. Uh, I know you from comedy, man, because you were a, a bit, you're a comedy, comedy junkie. Groupie. Yeah, groupy. Would I call you a chuckle <laughs> fucker? Would I call you that? Do you go around fucking the comics? Have you done that? Uh, How many Garrett, comics have you fucked, Thomas? Garrett has said no. <laughs> I've, I've tried. I've seen him on the other side of the state. Did he over at Mark Ridley's, probably? Yeah, yeah. actually. Actually, oh, oh, I didn't wear... I, I wore your t-shirt. I wear your t-shirt everywhere, but uh, he recognized your t-shirt on stage during his set. Ah, that's actually, funny. He said it afterwards. He was looking around, and he saw it in the middle of in the middle of a joke uh-huh. and recognized it. He's like, what the fuck? Elemental P? What the hell is this? That's funny. Very well, funny. Everybody everybody says that. Who wonder what it is? And I, just, I don't know. I, I tell, well, I tell them to go online. <laughs> I tried to do it once, and I don't have your timing, and it didn't come up. Oh, it's all good, man. I don't have the timing for it either. So oh, yes, you all do. Good. Yes, you do. But uh, so I got to know you through that because you come to a lot of shows. Okay. I do want to. I do want to touch about that first or second. But first, we're going to get to why you're on this podcast. Uh, you wrote a book. Yes, that's amazing, man. It's amazing because I had thought to myself, I'm going to write a book, and then it never happens. So it's it's almost amazing that it's out because this has been. 14 years from the day. Jesus. Almost, um, um, uh, probably almost 14 years from the time I said, oh, I'm going to p- start putting some of this together. And it just, with life and medical issues and family things, and right. then moving to the other side of the state, it's taken up so much of time that putting it together, I can see how some people it, getting the first one out there is so hard. Right, right. And let me ask you this: Did you is this self published, or were you able to get an editor or a publisher? How did it all come to be? Self published. Okay. On Amazon. All right. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but it's this, the subject matter is not the typical like uh, somebody. Somebody. What was the? What was it? Um, I actually want to put it on 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 the page for there because I got a different description I want to do. But somebody somebody put that it was an unconventional science fiction novel, but in a good way, because oh, it's okay. rather than wizards and you know, you know, you do either love stories or some of the, some of this is now going you know sci-fi. Right. I have a novel of superheroes. Give me the title. Enter Alex Xavier. All right. So that's a little bit of a weird thing when you see the word. It's actually Alex and Xavier. Smashed together. Mashed together. Yes. So it was like someone drunk at the hospital naming their baby, and they're like, "Listen, I got a good one, honey." And then yeah. there you go. Yeah, might have been might have been a drunk night that I slurred it together. I don't know, but <laughs> but it there was it's basically a, about this government program. It's a story I've always thought that this world would have, and this is one of the characters that I come up with back in the eighties. Okay. I was growing up. Damn, long time ago. And it was fun just making the characters. We actually did, the game was Champions. Okay. I don't know, you remember Vigil- Villains and Vigilantes. Okay. Which was kind of the superhero version of Dungeons Dragons. Yes. Yep. Champions was the less known version of Villains and Vigilantes. It was the off-brand? Yeah. <laughs> but what it had cool about it was is when you created your characters, yeah. somebody drew outlines of people so you could draw your characters. Oh. And we found Give it... Give costumes or whatever? Yeah. Mm. We found it more fun doing that... Gotcha. ...than actually playing the game. We played it, I think, twice we tried to play it. Stopped in the middle and said, oh, I got another idea for a character. Let me draw those. Uh, an old, old friend, which I haven't talked to probably in 30 years. Sure. But his name is Greg, and he, we just started making characters. Right. He, right. Was a, he was a Daredevil fan. I was a Wolverine fan, and we just loved comic books and it was just fun to create and he's just, this is essentially before he becomes this badass so all right to speak. okay so this guy is the protagonist right yes sir he uh does he have superpowers can we talk about that without giving anything away or uh no uh so he, 
he is weirdly so one of the things about the world is that um and part of what the description i'm going to have that'll be on the on the page for amazon will also say slightly so decades ago people just started to have these abilities okay and they eventually found through testing and looking at the genes you had one of two types of mutations in your genes and you were either a so-called metahuman which means like you can fly shoot lasers and all that all right or a non-metahuman which means you were just loser (laughs) (laughs) in some ways some of them are viewed that way because their, their abilities are like you can i can jump you know to the top of a house or right. I can run a little bit faster or gotcha and so he fell underneath this non-meta-human category all right the weirdness is is that the situation with him they can't completely just define like they're supposed to be able to define like there's even a character who which later on well, he'll get introduced in the second book who is defined as being a meta-human never once displayed powers. Hmm. But it was Alex, like it was in remission or something? Like it hasn't come out yet and they mm. don't know what or why. But he is a part of a secondary team that fights crime. And, okay. and he will be introduced in the second book as part of this other team. But Alex Xavier does not have these so-called superhuman abilities. But the abilities he possesses is really far advanced particularly that it's been it's heightened his combat skills to where he's probably one of the most elite people hand to hand his agility his speed his reaction everything is so much better than everyone else sure and he's learned to the best of his abilities to use it and he has graduated when the book starts he has graduated from this lower so-called um part of the training program or school you want to if you want to think x-men like one of the ways i describe the books because somebody described it in a review is harry potter meets the x-men oh okay but the characters aren't pre-teens they're more like 18 20 year olds all right and so being like a school he graduates to the top level of this school whereas before it was more of combat between schools working on their stuff now he actually gets the opportunity to go and go after bad guys. Nice. But so he's kind of like going through the farm system, huh? Yeah. Now you're well, ready to kick some ass. Well, more or less. Okay. But, this, <laughs> but there's a bunch to this story that happens that, and more will be explained. This is kind of, I, I it's only about 246 pages. Okay. But it's setting everything up that so when going forward in the second, third book, you're going to find out a lot of the things of this book. These are the reasons why this is what this is. More things are going to be discovered, but this is putting the things in place so that going forward, bigger things are going to happen. So you've already planned for there to be sequels and next chapters and here's new characters. Look at you, you son of a bitch. Well, if I can, cross my fingers. I want to do the prequel, which is the events that... You'll hear some of these events in the first book. Uh-huh. Or, I can't say here. You'll read. I don't have an audio book. Right, yet. right, right. Haven't, haven't found the right person to dictate it, but some of the events that will you'll read about. And the second book will actually put him to ground zero, is what led to this whole program. And the prequel has those events. And what creates, defines some characters, and throws a lot of what you think is going on. And well, I'm hoping I've got seven books planned. Damn. And then. So you already have like a skeleton outline of everything then? Yeah. When do you, when do you plan on having all these done? Because you sound like a J.K. Rowling <laughs> or a Stephen King or some shit going on here. I want to do this yearly, which. I was told by, well, they typed it online, but people were saying, do it every two years. Give enough room for your books to breathe. Mm -hmm. But for me, I grew up on comic books. Okay, yeah. Every month your new one came. Right. So if you were into Spider-Man, well, there's like eight different (laughs) Spider-Man copies. Right, yes. But every month that spectacular Spider-Man was out. 
So I didn't need to wait, and, and I don't think that people need to wait. I don't think that that can be the standard if you have something that they can absorb quickly. Like, like what was it? Goblet of Fire for Harry Potter was mm-hmm. like 720 pages or something. Ooh. Like, if you have that much, there's so much to it that maybe you need to absorb it. I don't want this to be something where it's... I mean, granted, when I first wrote the first version of this... Yeah. It was 900 pages. Damn, son. <laughs> God bless America. Yeah. Chop uh, that w- up into like four books. Well, I was told I have too much of a world, too much of a story. Okay. So I needed to, which, you know, chop it in half, then chop it in half again, then rearrange it, and then refine, and then over and over and over again, talking to, I, I had an editor come in, and she gave me a whole bunch of really great information, and but. But it, you told her to go fuck herself? Like, listen, you don't know shit, lady. No, she she knew probably ten times more than I could ever hope to know. About <laughs> okay, writing. so she was the right one for the job. Yeah, she was she was out of New York. Okay. Julie, Julie Tibbet uh-huh. gave me some fantastic information. Great. So that that changed some of what I was doing and had to rearrange the book again. But then I came out with not so much the like the book doesn't it it kind of ends but it doesn't end but it sets up so that the series can move forward. Sure. Right. Like any good book would, like this part of the story is over, but it lends itself to like there's going to be more shit coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. I had the book, somebody who, a friend of ours gave the book to somebody who didn't know who we were. Just if somebody has a book and they get it out to somebody else, don't tell them if you know us and let, let me see what it is see what the reactions are, what they say, what what they think. And he said he was kind of bummed that there wasn't a conclusion to it, that oh. things weren't wrapped up. And he said, and it's not bad, because then I know more is coming. Right. Well, but, it's it's in the world of comedy, yeah. it's you leave the crowd wanting more. Yes. So it's the same concept. So you did what you were supposed to, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Hopefully, people will understand. You know, it says series, so there's more than sure. one. This is book one. There's going to be seven of those. Hopefully, three of the prequel, and maybe I can write. I've got a bunch of other series I want to write. All right. I got TV show, movie ideas that if I can get some something under me to say I can write more stuff, I want to oh. write a bunch more stuff. All right. What, like, you said, like, you've been working on this for, like, a dozen years, and then you had the main concept kind of hit you in the head back in the 80s, so it took you a while to do it, and uh, real life gets in the way, so, like, (laughs) what are you going to do to try to help make sure life doesn't get in the way for book two? (laughs) Uh, I've already got all the chapters for book two lined out. I've already got the ideas for them. Um, I want everything done so that... It will be ready in time for New York Comic Con every year. Damn, okay. And go to New York Comic Con. This uh-huh. year, work and everything kind of interrupts that. I'm hoping I can build enough, get enough in sales that I can say, look, this will be worth my time. This has got to be what I've got to do. Sorry, hospital. Goodbye. <laughs> I like your style, man. You're telling real life to go fuck itself and you're going to go pursue the dream. Well, what's funny is one of the reasons why I'm. I call myself a comedy groupie because, like, I've seen you, God, probably close too to many it. times. That's close the to correct a dozen answer. times. Sure, it's too many. But I grew up actually wanting to do stand-up. Okay. And just it's one of the things I always thought if I could do it, it would be fun. And then I just never did, and over time. But I always loved watching comedy. Rodney Dangerfield's still my comedy god. Sure. Right. That's a good one. And so I even still wanted to. Just at least getting up there, getting in front of people, doing it. Because it's something I would like to do, but I know I can't do it. I mean, I'm way beyond when you started. Right, yeah. And and it would be insane for me to think that I can do that. Well, there's nothing wrong with you kind of just getting on stage and uh, being an open micer and enjoying it or whatever. To pursue it as a dream is is, uh, for a living is pretty difficult. So Yeah, and I, I know I can't do that, but at least to... See that I can do more with with my writing. Yeah, that's because, great. Because that was one of the, what was it, six years ago? About six years ago, I really wanted to get back into seeing shows. Okay. 
I had taken 10, well, maybe 15, 20 years off from seeing any real comedy shows. Okay. Like, oh, got to get back. I want to. can't sit here watching online. and you know, There's a lot of difference between uh, Netflix and whatever, right? Oh, yeah. And so started going back, doing it, and then I got lucky to see one of the comedians I really wanted to see was Adam Hunter. The MMA guy, is that his shirt there yes. that you're wearing? Yes. MMA I, Rose versus everybody. I, yes, I support all my, I buy all the t-shirts. That's great, man. So um, We need more people like you coming out to shows. Well, I tell everybody, even when I bring friends, it's like, you know, even pick up, you know, you might not want a shirt, you might not pick up the CD. If you liked it, there's comedy there. You can always right. listen to it again. Yeah. You know, at least pick up something. I try and do that with at least one person of every single show I go to. It's it's gas money for the comics, too. That's what I try to tell people. I'm like, if you enjoyed it, like, even if you don't necessarily want the shirt or the CD or whatever, it's gas money to help that comic get from A to B. So that's great. Yeah. Good that and, you do that, man. And so I end up going to, it was Laughs, Inc. in Toledo. Oh, and jeepers, yeah. They're gone now. Dead. <laughs> But I end up getting to see, which was, it was a huge surprise and one of the things I don't like about a lot of venues. I also got to see Phil Johnson perform. Sure. Who was out of, and you've... I know Phil. And you've been lucky enough to have, you had one of your, uh, I don't know, one of your segments that was recorded and put on his podcast. <laughs> which, I listened to his podcast, so I... Uh, that's I funny. Um, and, and got to see him... And afterwards, I was talking about, oh, he had, and I really, I was on Twitter before, but I didn't do much with it because for me, I didn't get it. Sure. And then they told me to just, just start putting stuff out there. If, you, if you're writing stuff, and I kind of told them I was working on the book, mm-hmm. and is it just start putting stuff out there, start writing stuff. And so, wasn't very good, put stuff I was putting wasn't really that funny, just putting my thoughts and comments and stuff. Sure. But over time... Is someone going to come back uh, when you're running for office, Thomas, and they're going to listen to what this guy wrote in uh, 2006? <laughs> yeah, well, it won't be 2006. It'll be a lot closer, and it won't be really good. Uh, that's funny. I have, I, have a, I, have a, I have a dark and twisted sense of humor. Like I, uh, I love watching fail videos, and I think they're hilarious <laughs> that somebody's <laughs> smashed. They hit their face. Or right. I've just always been that way. Sure. And even if it happens to me, if I were to slip and fall here, I will laugh. Unless, you know, I know I've broken a leg or something. <laughs> you know, as long as I can get up and it's not the biggest deal if I have a little... Yes. I, I don't take things that seriously. And and people around me have liked that because then they can joke with me. And I, I don't think we need to be that serious. Sure. And that's one of the reasons why I like coming to comedy shows. Great. And, and so that's one of the things I wanted to write and do. And hopefully that'll lead to something else. Hopefully this book will get me to... I mean, I can still do it, but right now trying to start with this yes. is really, really tough. Getting off the ground with this and trying to get people to this is like... I I just got back from New Jersey two weeks ago. Yeah. Trying to get this book in somebody's hands. Like a publisher? Nope. A bookstore owner? Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. Ah, look at you. Big comic book guy. Oh, is he? But the big thing about comic book guys is a lot of times they don't read books. Sure. But I you don't gotta call know. it a graphic novel, then he'll be all about it. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> check out my graphic novel. This is my hand-drawn picture in there. This is but just to try and get it to him. And, and it wasn't as successful as I hoped to get. Because you were supposed sure. to try and get one on one time. And here, you know, give my elevator pitch real quick. Oh, okay. And were you going to see a show and then were you like a VIP or whatever? This was, I got tickets to a beer launch. He was, he had his own beer. Oh, from okay. From old, old. An entrepreneur, is he? Yes. And <laughs> I did everything possible I should have done right to actually be able to get to him yes shake his hand take a picture and all that right and I screwed myself what did you do <laughs> just sneeze on him what did you do you <laughs> farted I then I could say I was actually there <laughs> oh. right next to him uh huh so what happened was is I got there I got there early alright I was 10th in line yeah so I could get up there 
we get inside the building. I actually walked by him. He let everybody in. I was like, oh, I'm going to get up there. Just get up there. I'm not going to get out of line. Get up. I was third one in line to get up there to the bar. Okay. But they were just serving beer. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'll just go back here, wait for whatever they're going to do. Yeah. Get in line. I'm here. I'll be able to get this book in his hands. Yeah. So the line to get beer became the line to meet him. Ah. And you didn't know. You weren't in line. Well, I was in line to begin with. Right. And then got out of line waiting because I thought yeah. there was going to be another line. Yeah. And they didn't use that. Ah. So you, it was kind of like you stepped out of line. Yeah. And then please don't tell me that he left. Did he leave before you had a chance to meet him? No, we were actually we actually ran over like five minutes when the security guy said finally, All right, that's it, everybody's gotta go. What? But like I, didn't you pay extra for this shit? Well we paid to get there. Right. I don't know that there's a guarantee to meet him. Oh but I did what damn. I was supposed to to meet him and didn't. You should have thrown your book at him. <laughs> well one of the, I, Read I the shit! <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, you're a joker. Not even the impractical kind or something. Ah. I, don't, I don't know, but I, I, I don't. Going forward, I don't want to be a pain in the ass about stuff. Sure. I wanna, I wanna take a very good route with all this. So I wasn't trying to push through. Wasn't trying to. In the end, I was like, when they said, oh, "Okay, everybody's gonna have to leave." There was like 30 people in front of me, so I was trying, kind of trying to get through people. When the security guard said, "No, 15 people." Mm. Crap. Right. And I was I was so devastated. I hear you. But when I got outside, one of the security guards actually, you know, I was talking on the phone. I couldn't get I see, I couldn't get my book to him. His name is Solaris. Solaris oh. Saunders. I'll mention his name because he he helped me out. Greatly. This was the bouncer or whatever. This was one of the security guys who was there. I met him when I was first standing in line, talked with him a little bit. All right. He's your guardian angel at this moment? Hope, hopefully. Because <laughs> when I told him about the book, and, oh, yeah, I'm into that stuff. And, and I said, well, I've got a couple of copies. Can I bring a couple of copies uh-huh. that if I find somebody who's really interested, try and get it out there? Sure. Signed it for him and all that, and I had the other one. And I, I, I wanted to sign it when I was there with Brian. Right. Didn't get the chance, but at least put his name on it. And he said, "Look, I'll tell my boss. He's the head of security. I'll tell him. You know, you know, go over and tell him. See if he can just get it in there." And, and so I went over there and told him, and he was really good about it. And Solaris was back there. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the security guy took it in. Main security guy, and so it's in there. And where that goes from there, I don't know. All right, there you go. That's great. Still bummed. I- uh, you didn't know, man. Like you figured you were uh, you were in line, and then it became like a sea of whatever. And it's, shit happens, man. Yeah. Sometimes, so it was meant to be that you bumped into the uh, bouncer, right? How many bouncers are going to give you the time of day? Most are looking to just oh. throw your ass out, you know. Oh yeah, the head of security was looking at me with with that kind of evil eye, like that. Giving you the squirrely eye should look. Yeah, yeah. And Solaris back. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. So I owe owe a lot to him. Can you explain to me, are you a fan of the Impractical Jokers? Love it. Explain to me their appeal, because it's over my head. I just don't get it. Like, I get that people like them, but I'm just, I don't get it. So I want, I, I really want to ask them, because... I don't know the timeline for them and doing their tenderloins improperly. Right. But, like, when I first started listening to Free Beer and Hot Wings, they were looking for somebody to add to the show. Sure. They were looking for a producer. And they hired Joe. Right. And for me, the Impractical Jokers was always a televised version of a Joe stunt. Oh, okay. I got it. All right. Because he's out there, somebody's doing something, and they're in his ear telling him these things. Yes. And I always wondered, because Free Beer and Hot Wings, they have an affiliate in New Jersey. Did they ever... Oh, you wonder if the Tenderloins kind of pilfered the idea? Well, took the idea and said that we can also do this, and they can do it in their own way. Because they're similar, but they are very different. Uh, Sure. And I loved it because, for me, I grew up listening. For me, every week, I mean, I love various different things. It's like Dumber Than Zane trivia. Yeah. But the 
Joe stunts were always such a thing. I love the Joe stunts. Right. Putting him in awkward situations, doing things that people normally wouldn't do, sane people wouldn't do. So I get it. No, I don't know if you can say. I I think Joe is sane, but it's part of, you know, this is part of what we want you to do, and you're going to be forced to do it anyway. Listen, Lackey. Yeah. Right. right. And he did great. He did a fantastic job. Some of the stuff he did is so amazing. It's going along with it. It's like Mm -hmm. Joe, producer Joe, I give him credit to the fact of like, all right, I don't want to do this, but because of the show, show code or whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to follow through with it. So, yeah, good for him. So You want me to be naked with only one one sheet of newspaper and I locked my card key in the hotel room oh it's breakfast and I gotta go downstairs and get a new card key okay here we go right right and something like that would just it's so insane to think about doing and he right. does these things yeah and it just to, to see it now be televised mm. that's the appeal for me have you seen them live because yes. I've always been like what the fuck do these guys do live are they showing clips and then they're talking about it? Uh, they they do a comedy routine. So okay. and part of the comedy routine, which is funny for me, yeah, is they also try and mess with a couple of guys on stage. Right. So particularly Sal is always the one who's always cracking up. So they actually try every single show. Yeah. To get Sal to start laughing, and get him to where he can't stop. Stop laughing. laughing. Right, right, right. So they have bits and things that they actually do that I don't know if if there's probably some people that know that these things go on. Yeah. But it's a kind of partially improv, partially scripted comedy show, and then they show a bunch of clips of stuff that didn't make the air, stuff that will never right make the too air. raunchy, whatever. Sure. Yeah, and there's a whole and it's, and it's if you like the show, it's very entertaining. Cool. I'm I, I'm hoping that I can because they're going to be. They're going to be in Grand Rapids in February. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I've seen yeah. ads for it already. They'll, they'll sell out pretty quick. Yeah, so I'm so I'm hoping that I can end up coming and see him again. My, sure. my one daughter is an insane fan. It's like everything is a sin practical jokers. Did you see this? Did you see that? Did you yeah. see this? How are you guys doing? How does it work? It's great, but I missed Impractical Jokers. <sighs> you can watch it. There'll be reruns or whatever. Oh, you know, it's online. Oh, oh, oh there's all reruns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's fun to watch. The their manager, his name is Jeff Johnson, and I and I know Jeff because Jeff uh, is a comedy booker. Like he oh, books, really? he books a lot, mostly one nighters and shit. But he's got a comedy club in uh, in uh, well, he he books a casino in Dubuque, Iowa, and then Penguins in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh, and then uh, so that's how I got to know him. And then all of a sudden, he's booking these guys. And so he's just going on tour with these dudes. You see him all over the fucking place. They're like, hey, Jeff, can I get a weekend at Penguins and Cedar Rapids, you fuck? And uh, so, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, he doesn't give a shit about me anymore. He never gave a shit about me in the first place. So, yep, there you go. So now i got to kick people in the nuts or something and get on TV. (laughs) Well, that's Jackass, and that's a whole other TV show. Which, yes, which, that is a completely which, different kind of show. Which I like a lot of that, too, because sure. I'm that weird kind of oddball. You talked uh, earlier, you mentioned Adam Hunter, who is the MMA guy, and I yeah. think he also, uh, he's doing things a lot differently than a lot of comics, I think because of his the side interest of like the MMA stuff and everything else. So. Yeah. You look at him as kind of like a, a role model of sorts, or he's just someone that you really enjoy? He's my... I regret never having to seen or even remotely get the chance to see or shake the hand of Rodney Dangerfield after a show. Oh, right, yeah. To me, Rodney is the... As much as people will talk about people telling jokes, and this is a great joke teller, for him it was always jokes. And growing up... When, when you're seven, eight years old, a joke is a one-liner. Yes. And so who better than to be the quintessential joke teller than somebody who is really good at one-liners? Right. And because I never got that chance with Rodney, I'm lucky that I've been able to meet, hang out with, including porn star karaoke, which is a whole story, right. with Adam and get to know him. Right. So... He's not a one-liner, though, guy, is he? I thought he yep. was a storyteller. Yep. He's a one-liner guy? He's a one-liner. Huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you feel like you've 
you've had way too much comedy with him when you get it's like oh my god there's still more jokes mm. and highly sarcastic um, good amount of crowd work but he doesn't base his whole act on it sure he's not an Ian Bag right I was gonna say Ian Bag it's like Ian Bag has his material but he he puts it within the uh, the crowd work that he yeah. does and very he good me- and he measures the crowd with particular he actually loves this club he yeah loves, we're at, we're in Dr. Grins and he loves this club. I actually talked to him after uh, Ridley's. He was oh. in Mark Ridley's. Hopefully, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle doesn't cure this. Uh. <laughs> but he loves this club. Right. And I was talking with him afterwards, and it's interesting that he judges the crowd. Uh, one, of, one of the shows he did at, the Comedy Castle, 50% crowd work. Hmm. And I've seen him multiple times in a weekend because I know the crowd work makes it so different. Right, yeah. The yeah, other yeah. show he did, 95% crowd work. He only did, like, one joke to begin with, a transition one, and then he ended on a joke. Right. But he judges the crowd and whether he can mess with people and he can do stuff. And it's interesting to see because I've seen Adam probably a dozen times, too. And he does that, too, because there's been times the show he will... He will go out to the crowd like eight or ten times. But then there's other times that he doesn't. And I find that crowd work so amazing because I know I just don't think I have that portion of me to get on stage. <laughs> it's I confidence, just, man. I just, I'm, I'm that kind of conversation. We kind of talked about this because it's weird that we're here and you're hosting. Because a couple of years I did this weird little thing of me hosting that did only a couple episodes and sure you you hosted what would you call it it was like a video blog kind yes, of thing yes called it dinner and a comedian that's right yes which because of my love of stand up comedians I, I like talking about the comedy stuff yeah it's a good I time mean, man along with along with you know whether it's comic books and books and superheroes and all this other stuff I love I love stand up comedy probably probably just as much if not more than listening to, I have about 40, 50 comedy albums on my phone. Nice. What? On your phone? Holy schmoly. You got no more memory. <laughs> it's all comedy oh, shit. Yeah, well, it's very, that's very true. I have like two gigabytes left on my phone. Right. Just because, and I love listening to them. I was listening to um, Mace Galoni the other day. I have no idea who that is. From Canada. Probably no one does know him, but just because I love listening to comedians. To me, it's, it's, it's it's as much as listening to a musical CD, and I can listen to a joke over and over again. Where some people, oh, I heard the joke once. Yeah, but didn't you hear that song once? Right. Now can't you remember that in your head? That even for me, I'd be with the same thing. That as much as I can listen to most anything from Pantera over and over and over again. Right. I can throw in anything from Adam Hunter or Mike Paramore or Phil Johnson stuff. And I can just, I can keep listening. Even even if I know what the joke is, to hear it again, it's just... But that's the problem with most people. Once they know the surprise, once they know the left turn, that uh, the secret or whatever, it's it's gone. So it isn't quite as funny. Like, they get that it's funny, but they'll just be like, oh yeah, that's funny. And they won't actually, like, laugh or anything. I mean, and that's why comics gotta, like crank out new material every year like you were talking about your book like want to do a new book every year like Mm -hmm. some comics feel the pressure of like doing a new hour every year I'm like holy fuck relax a little bit but some people have that drive so I still love hearing about I mean what is it 80 86 maybe Rodney Dangerfield's No Respect for sure what I mean I probably I've worn out two CDs how is that possible, there, Thomas? Uh, I, they they they're spinning so much that they start to actually wear down the surface of them. <laughs> I've I've worn out. Uh, originally it was cassettes, but then it's CDs. Yeah, yeah. But even hearing them over and over again, the, the hearing the jokes that it is still funny. I still even even though I know the punchline, it's still funny to me. He died in two thousand four. Yeah. God, I thought he would have died in like the late '80s. No, he only was his just... career did. Hello, <laughs> oh, no respect, Rodney. Oh, Ladybugs. 
Yeah, Ladybugs. <laughs> the fucking soccer movie. Yes. I think I, I think I saw that. I can't remember. It was interesting to see him to try and do jokes in a movie that this was going to be shown for kids. Kids, that's right. A little weird. I bet. I'm sure a lot of jokes went over any child who's watching it went over their head. So. I'm trying to remember some of it. I just couldn't because it, the jokes were so watered down. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it just... Uh, he... It's, that's that movie that's, probably killed him. That's probably what happened. <laughs> this fucking movie. You probably saw the movie afterwards, the ratings, the reviews, right. and heart attack. Death. Not just career, but death. Straight death. Yeah. Who's I, your favorite comic? I know you mentioned Ronnie. I know you mentioned Adam Hunter, Phil Johnson, Mike Paramore. Uh, favorite touring comedian, Adam Hunter. Adam Hunter. Adam okay, Hunter. Uh, you probably aren't going to meet too many people who will have that same answer. I, it's, the, it's, it's the real rapid fans that do. Yeah, sure, I get it. But it's me, you know, liking these one-liners that, you know, whether I, I would have loved to have met Mitch Hedberg too. Right. Uh, his his way of looking at things and his stuff was one-linerish. You know. It, it, just I find that not to say that stories aren't good because I understand stories yeah you're writing stories and I can you know some people are really good at it that you know Gabriele Iglesias mm -hmm. his stories are fantastic and not to say that there isn't a punchline there's a punchline with the story being the punchline right right but some people like I like where Mike Paramore mm -hmm. he does a lot of stories but then he trails off into the joke and a punchline that a, a lot of his jokes do that's not necessarily just the story being the punchline. Which is cool too because being able to do jokes and I've been trying to write stuff for quite a while now, I appreciate the stuff that like one of the reasons why I come see you is because you write jokes. Oh, lordy, do I? I don't even know anymore, Thomas. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I mean, I love the, the LMNOP joke was just, it's so classic. And when I've shown right. people that before, they just die laughing. I was like, it's good. It's nice I to hear. had to have the t-shirt. And I wear that t-shirt so much. Thanks, I man. Actually, I actually, sorry, Adam, you're, you're my boy, but I wear the LMNO, <laughs> LMNO podcast t-shirt more than any of the wow. other Wow. Oh, thanks, man. That's nice to hear. It's a collector's item. There won't be around anymore, so that's good to hear, man. Uh, but let's, let's get back to the book. If people yes. want to buy your book, is it on Amazon right now? Yes, it is on Amazon. It's $11.95. Okay, so it's pretty cheap, man. It's pretty, pretty cheap pretty for most cheap. books. Yeah, if you have Amazon Prime or Amazon is a thing if you spend $25 or more, even if you don't have Amazon right. Prime. So if you've got other things that you're going to grab from Amazon, and a lot of people do, right. you can get free shipping. Okay. And so it's it's a large-sized paperback, which I want something to be bigger than the smaller paperback because you, yeah. can, you can have the really small ones. Mm -hmm. But I want to be this something starting that could be more substantial, more feel like yeah. you had something in your hands. In your hand. Kind of like a newspaper or whatever. I always enjoyed like reading a big big old newspaper and that's going away. So Yeah. And for me it was comic books. Yeah. Growing for up sure. it was always comic books and now that's all going just all digital, digital, right? That seems is, weird to me, you know? It's I, the only thing I like which getting to see the the people who are really into their books is that books are coming back. Mm -hmm. Whereas so much of like I, when I was out in New Jersey, um, I'm sorry, Rob. His name is Rob Emmers. He's actually uh, on the show in Practical Jokers. Okay. And he was wanting a digital copy for me to send. But being a comic book guy and loving the fact of having it in my hands. Sure. And some of the people that I know who read books that I talk to are getting back into the, as much as they have their e-readers and yes. Kindles and all that. They're really wanting to get back into having the book in their hand. Yeah. And so I wanted to keep that feeling to begin with. Good for you. And maybe in six months or something that I can do something that will make it more more worthwhile that, you know, somebody to get the e-book. E right. That I might add stuff. Because I had so much stuff. I mean, I actually, I actually suggested, would it be worth my while to do the villain's perspective of this? Oh. Because I can actually, for all of what's going on in this book... 
I can do the whole entire villain's perspective. Yeah, of flip that's it. Going. Yeah, but I think people need to see the the whole story, see the prequel, figure out that there's there's twists and turns and things before like doing that would make an interesting book. Right. Or so, give, or give away some things too. So people can go to Amazon and get it. Yes. Do you have like a website or anything? Uh, currently, I I have the rights to website but I don't have that out yet. Okay. I, so I need to build that, which hopefully if things move along then that'll be but I do have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Okay. What's your what's your Twitter then? Because I know you mentioned it and I, personally I love Twitter. I know a lot of people hate it, but I love it. So what's your Twitter handle for the people? It's at T Edward Writer. All, there you go. all one word. And the same for Instagram, although I'm I'm not as much on Instagram as I should be. I'm trying to do that more, but... I hate social media, to be honest. Social media, it's like it's its own separate job. And I'm like, I just want to fucking tell jokes, but you got to do all the shit. Like, I actually had someone, uh, like, approach me because he thought I booked some stuff. And in the email, it was kind of like, and I've got 10,000 followers on Twitter, and I've got, you know, a quarter million views on YouTube or whatever, but none of it had anything to do with it, whether or not he was funny or not. It wasn't yeah. about, like where I actually work or whatever and this is what I've done it was all about like social media garbage and I fucking hate it I hate it but whatever so you and need you it gotta, you have to it's like for me I have to it's, it's all I ha, I've got some things I need to try to try and get my book needs to get into the right people's hands sure for the time being it's building that audience and so if I can build that audience and people um, one of the things I will say is that this one of the reasons that I worked on writing this is because my son, growing up, hated reading. And I did too. What? And I really wanted that to change. My daughters loved reading. They okay. read all the Harry Potter books over and over and over yes. and over and over. My one daughter, she does the whole anime thing, cosplay oh and everything. She's, but my son, no. And so my hope is that this will be the... Catalyst. The book that, be, because it's superheroes rather than ah. wizards, mm -hmm. that this would be a more appropriate thing if you have a teenage boy that needs to read something. Sure. That this might be something that can still keep him going. Keep him interested. Because I'm just getting back into reading again. About a couple of years ago, I decided I really need to start reading it. I'm putting this book Reading's out. overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like reading my social media. Yes. Yeah. I love my social media. I love particularly the people I follow. Although I'm trying to look at, I might be weeding some people out because I just like one of the reasons why I like following you is because it's jokes. I just and, write and jokes, I, man. And I get the jokes, even though some people I know you were talking about, you know, your stuff with Facebook. Right. Yes. Which is freaking annoying. Yes. Which which bothers me because if I'm putting out like I'm doing it differently, that the writing portion is differently. But if I'm putting something out, they look at it wrong rather than it's a joke. Right. Like, that just... I, You're not responsible for how someone interprets your joke. And it's unfortunate that the joke that I wrote that someone reported me on Facebook to, that they did that. But I don't have a responsibility for it. That's why I have problems with people who are like, uh, the word trigger. Like, I hate that word. Yeah. Because me as an entertainer, as a comedian, whatever, it's not my responsibility to know what your triggers are. It's your responsibility to know that you're coming into a place where people are going to be entertained. Mm -hmm. And uh, if something happens that doesn't sit well with you, then fucking get up and walk out, right? Yeah. Like, you, you, you need to learn how to deal with things that are going to upset you. I find it, I find it insane that you come to a comedy club and get offended. And I will say that I, there aren't things that will offend me, but I remember that there are comedians who would go after George W. Bush. Sure. But you didn't, you're going after him, but there was no joke. Yes, you yes. You gotta make it out. funny. And I find that like one of the comedians I think is fantastic, and I'd love to get a chance to just get a picture with, because I think he can do such a great job, and he did it. He did a gun gun rights joke. Alonzo Bowden. Oh, he's great. Alonzo's great. He's back in December. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to make it. I'm going to make that happen. Good as dude, long as, man. As long Good as dude. it's not, I'm going to be in Vegas. We're going out to Vegas for the New Year. But Are you? I'm he's not here for New Year's. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I want to definitely come back. And, uh, but 
back to this, you know, if it's if if you know particularly anybody who liked Harry Potter, probably getting into Marvel movies, this might be a good mash of what a new series could be for them. If your son is looking for a book and he's not really reading them, this might give him something he can go forward with. So it's hopefully something that can turn that a little bit to... Because I know boys aren't into books as much as girls. Right. Historically, that's how it is. I'm hoping that I can get back. I've got a couple of books. I'm looking forward to one in particular, which is Honest Way. Coolest idea of a superhero book I ever saw. Probably not as much of a comic book type book, but I just think the whole idea is great. I want to get back into it, and hopefully this can get more young teenage boys to read more maybe delve into more things that's because I know even some of them books like Ender's Game was Mm -hmm. boys didn't even like reading that and I thought that that would be something to get into and and I don't know it's it's very interesting the dynamic between boys and girls and reading very very interesting what's going to keep them invested is different so one last time title of the book Enter Alex Xavier. And they can word. get it at Amazon.com. For you said eleven ninety five? Eleven ninety five. Steal. Particularly yes. if you got Amazon Prime. I got an Amazon Prime. I'm gonna have to go over there and get it, man. Yeah. Uh, and your Twitter handle was T Edward Writer. Yep. One word. One word. So everybody should do that. Before we're done though, people are gonna buy your book. I have six listeners. You're gonna hit six people oh to buy gosh. your book. And man. all six of them blown up! All six of you, I will personally sign it because What? Yes, I will. Drive. Does it go directly to you, and it tells you like someone wants to buy this book? Then no. Oh, okay. All right. No, I I just see that there. Are, I don't see that books have sold. I oh. see that books have shipped. Oh, okay. I got. So it. that's how I see on the end of you know what happens. With gotcha, it. gotcha. Well, Six Member Mafia, buy a book from Thomas. That would be great. Before we're done, though, dude, I want to ask you since we're talking about comic books and all that stuff, have you seen Joker yet? No. What, man? Ah, then this that's conversation a, that's, that's is over. Of, that's one of my big problems is that life is keeping me from... Yeah, life gets in the way. Like, I have not seen the, the final Avengers movie. What? And I thought I, I thought that by now I would be overly talking about it. But between work and trying to do this, I you know, have to cross the state for family. And oh, my, you're a busy my, man. My oldest daughter's within a month of giving birth. Mm. Give me grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a scary t- thought. Twice, twice over. Twice oh over. man, it's old hat yeah. now. Can guys be gilfs? Yeah, they right. can. I've heard uh, that word. Sure. Okay. I, I didn't know if that was like a milf gilf thing was women. There's gilfs. Yeah. It can be men too. Be grandpa. Why not? Yeah. Well, I don't know if this face is gilfish, but <laughs> anyway, I don't understand <laughs> anything anymore, man. No, so, no. Uh, well, it's a bummer. I would suggest you go see it. It was weird to me, like, all the controversy surrounding Joker. Like, everybody's like, ah, it's going to incite violence. And everyone's like, go fuck yourself. It's see, just an origin story. See, that portion of it, I, I think, is stupid. I, 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 anything that's entertainment, even video yep. games that... Because my son, at a young age, I taught him about the rights and wrongs. And he got into it, and he loves playing video games. He is... He, I wished he would have gone and done something in college. He, he's not doing, but he loves video games. But uh-huh. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Mm. If you teach the kids well, it doesn't matter about these. You can do any of this stuff. There is no nothing to this. As much as I am a very by the book comic book fan, sure. Like Hugh Jackman to me is not Wolverine. Sorry. Sorry, world, you might think he's sexy and all that stuff. <laughs> but a guy who was over a foot taller than the character. Yes, yes. Wolverine was a very short person in the comic books. A very, very minuscule little guy. Right. And plus the fact that the movie Logan, yeah. that's how Wolverine is all the time. Yes, surly. The whole purpose of the old man Logan little, little series that they did, now the continuing series, and what Logan was supposed to be, would have been strictly R-rated, wouldn't have been anything that they would want to show in theaters because the way the guy is supposed to be then. But that's how he's supposed to be in because he doesn't act that way. That bugged me. I'm a big Wolverine fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you take and you do something interesting like with Star Trek, they redid the Star Trek universe by changing time with the new movies. Yes. But it's done well. Yeah. So as long as you do it well and you put a 
put a spin on it, I don't have a problem. It's just all this saying that it's going to incite violence. It's tough. People need to be uh, responsible for their decisions. Uh, Video games, movies, music. uh, It might get you thinking about certain stuff, but it's not making you pull a trigger or a knife no, or punching no. anybody or whatever so no i always i always hate uh, hate that comment that guns kill people yeah as, as much as i think and i am i'm a gun owner but i think that having more restrictions and everything else is a good thing sure i'm responsible i have no problems you wanna was it you that was talking about having the uh, oh, the mental the, health the, exam? That was, yes. that was on me. Your, on your podcast. That was me, yes. I have no problems with that because yes. I, I think that that would benefit. I, I think so, too, because it might catch something with somebody. They might be like, hey, man, you have some anxiety. Or, hey, man, you got some depression, and which may have absolutely nothing to do with being a gun owner, but it can help with mental health issues. And, and you never know down the road that this could fester into something else, that yeah. if you get them this help... I think there's more issues of mental health that need to be looked into. Probably a bigger thing than worrying about people in heart disease. Yes, yeah, I would agree, yeah. I think that that affects more people in more ways than anything else. Yeah, I think I think you also said it too about, about guns too, that more people are killed by suicide. Mm-hmm. So that's funny that, you know, they talk about all of this... All this gun control and all this stuff because of all these mass shootings. Well, what are you doing about the suicides? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's and I and I people are going to focus on whatever's sexy. Like right now, no. it's the uh, flavored uh, vape machine things or whatever. That's oh, like the e- same thing. Yes. It's just dumb. So we're going in an awful direction here, yes. Thomas. No, we got to end it. Uh, I want all of the listeners to go to Amazon and buy the book from him. Give him eleven ninety five. All six of my listeners go buy the book. Say it one more time. Title. Enter Alex Xavier. There you go. Oh, people are gonna buy it. Since I wait, that's only five listeners because I'm one of your listeners. So it's well, only you five. Get, oh, you're oh, five. Oh, you're sorry, man. Crap. <laughs> you gotta buy it yourself. So I guess I have to. <laughs> All the listeners, I'm sure you guys have already done it, but please go like the fan page on Facebook and Twitter as well too. Uh, yeah, even though I hate social media, go follow uh, Thomas at T Edward Writer, all one word at Twitter, and uh, that's it. Thanks yeah. for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Support your comedians. Go out and see them. Buy some T-shirts and CDs. Absolutely, I will never stop. I will never stop fighting the fight for stand-up comedians. Thanks, that's good, man. All right, we're done. Thanks, Thomas. Get up.